talking about this love of Jesus and just I was uh, just kind of trying to share I think Ben and I were talking one day on the way to work or something and we were just talking about, you know, just wanting to just just love the Lord, you know, just like just surprise him one day. It would just be like, Whoa, where'd that come from? you know <laughs> and I don't know, I was just like, man, he has he has loved us with such great love. And I just you know, that that life is in us and, and we can reciprocate that same love. And uh, so anyway. Let's see how we do. This week about you know our minds, you know the mind. I guess the the phrase that we or the description that we came up with was our dirt minds, and uh, you know just thinking about everything that the Lord is the Lord speaks to us about all things being made new. Um, you know I. I Realize that some of my preconceptions about the renewing of the mind were not correct. 
because when I think of renewing something, I think of like renewing your library card or you know renewing your membership. At the, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that that word is is kind of cheapened in the English language. It's not you know we don't use it in the same sense that the Bible uses it in everyday use. Um, and um, and I was just thinking of, about what the Lord had been speaking to us about wanting our hearts, you know. And uh, <clears throat> here was a question that I came up with, you know, because we're, we're supposed to have the mind of Christ, right? I mean, that's what the Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. So, <clears throat> you know, everything in the Lord is ours, but we also have to lay hold of it, right? So here's the question. Do we lay hold of the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, by comprehending it with our mind or by believing it with our heart? Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, I was talking to some friends of mine at work about this, too, you know, and, and, you know, one of them said, well, it's with with your heart, of course, you know. And that isn't that just like our intellect to give an answer like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's with, it's with our heart. But well, at the same time, what are we doing? Trying to lay hold of it with our mind. Right. Trying to, to lay hold of the mind of Christ by gathering knowledge. You know, well, if I gather enough knowledge about the mind of Christ, then I'll have the mind of Christ, or about the way Jesus is, or you know. <clears throat> And I just was thinking about some different scriptures. One of them, um, Jim shared on not not too long ago, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. Well, how do we let it be in us, right? Um, Once again, is it by gathering? You know, and isn't that just what the Lord, you know, some of y'all weren't here last week. And one of the things we were talking about was how <clears throat> what the Lord is really wanting us to do right now is to stop gathering knowledge. And to stop just going along and gathering knowledge and leaving our hearts behind. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, that this is a time for us to soak in those things that the Lord has spoken to us and, and allow them to get into us. And, uh, you know, and this whole thing really relates to that. Let this mind be in you. You know, and I just thought, doesn't that sound like soaking? Mm -hmm. Just let this mind be in you. Just soaking it, you know. And, um, you know, I was thinking about the verses in Romans 10 that say, and, you know, this we were talking about the, also about the, uh, word of faith, if you remember that, you know. And it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For it is, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Wow. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And there's not one word about our dirt mind in there. Not one word about our dirt mind in there. You know, it's talking about 
embracing something with our heart. And, um, you know, and I was, you know, the verse that talks about faith, work, faith which worketh by love, you know, and all these things that the Lord has been speaking to us. Another scripture, <clears throat> Romans 12. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, or prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And, you know, I've just been meditating on that, and I looked up the meaning of renewing. And it basically means a, a renewal, a renovation, a complete change for the better. Okay? It's the ultimate change of the mind, right? <laughs> and um, But what I realized is that that doesn't mean that my mind is going to get better. And I think that I've been expecting my dirt mind to get better. To get my dirt mind is somehow going to become the mind of Christ, and it never will. It never will. It's always going to be at enmity with God. It's always going to be at enmity. I mean, and so you know, the longer I sit there and try to fill this up with knowledge and make it better, the more frustrated I'm going to become. Because it's not what it's about. It's about believing with your heart that the word of God is true that says you have the mind of Christ. Praise God. Doesn't that take the pressure off of it? You know, I mean, yeah, we have to know the word of God. We need to soak in it. We need to soak in it. But it's not about filling this up with it. It's It's about soaking our heart in it softening up our heart, you know, and, and uh, Carol was pointing out a, a, a verse in uh, <clears throat> the Old Testament, and I will give them one heart. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. And I looked up that word there for flesh, and it can mean I will give that give you a an heart of the body, and it's it's saying one heart, one body, guys, one heart, one body. He's he's saying I'm going to give you a heart of flesh or of the body, and of course that's his body, his heart, um, his mind, all of that, and. Uh, you know, just some other verses that relate to renewing. Um, it says, For which cause we faint not, but through our, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Okay? <clears throat> and when I read that, I just realized, wow, that is not talking about the inward man is being renewed like a library card, right? That means it's, he's, he, is, he is made new, another man. Made completely another man, which means that that same word in reference to our mind means the same thing, that we are receiving another 
mind a new mind that we do not embrace with our dirt mind, but that we embrace with our heart by faith. <clears throat> so it doesn't mean that we're going to think differently up here. It means we're going to believe the word of the Lord right here. And First um, Corinthians 2.13 says, Which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the dirt mind, <laughs> receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So what is, what is it that, that's being renewed if we have the mind of Christ? Well, we have to lay hold of that which is new. Um, and uh, anyway, you know, just this whole thing has just been going through my heart all week, just about, you know, how freeing is that to realize? I mean, you know, and we hear it, we've heard it. It's not about knowledge, knowledge puffeth up, all those kinds of things. But love, I mean, the contrast is between knowledge and love. Knowledge and love. But it never occurred to me that in a sense they are at enmity with one another. You know, because if we are trying to lay hold of by knowledge what can only be laid hold of in our heart through love and faith, then we are going to be very frustrated continuously. And um, and, you know, all of this kind of leading up to um, kind of the theme that we, we have tonight, which actually relates to Vashti and Esther. And um, Kelly's going to uh, share some things out of this book that uh, the Lord gave her a while back. But it really is speaking of what we're talking about right here. It's talking about this contrast, you know, because, you know, Vashti is like, our dirt minds, you know, she, you know, and she is not going to be renewed. She's not going to be changed. She's always going to be Vashti. She's always going to not respond out of love. She's going to respond out of knowledge. And, um, and she's not even going to come. She can't even, she can't be obedient because there's no love. And, um, Whereas Esther is coming from an altogether different place. She's coming from an altogether different place. And I'm just going to kind of leave it there and, and let Kelly share a little bit. Actually, you know what? Before you share, I feel like I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. Because I feel like there's something that you have related to the stuff we were sharing that I'm supposed to let you on 
And, and, and even my nine beautiful fingers are nothing compared to the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. So even if I'm just overwhelmed with my beauty, my beautiful fingers. <laughs> so I just, I, I, in, instead I turn and I fixate on, oh, I really am destined for modeling. I mean, why, the waste of these fingers. You know, but it's, it's that mind that just fixates on, on our past and on our, our good things and on our times we were fruitful for Jesus, the times we went with the enemy. And, um, and I believe that Esther was probably a very not special person. I don't think she was really, really beautiful. I don't think she was really, really smart. I don't think she was any better on any level than any of the other virgins that came. And I don't think she was any better than Vashti. I just think that, that Vashti represents something that fixates on itself and has an agenda and has a past, you know, and has a place in the palace for her friends to meet, you know, just all the things. But it's said that Esther had no father and no mother, but was brought up by Hadassah, which is also known as Mordecai, who is a type of the Holy Spirit. That there was a real, I believe, picture there of a mind or a heart that's ready to be renewed. Because she has no past she's always referring to. She's not thinking back to, well, yesterday I did this. Mom and Dad, the way I was raised, who I am in the earth, in the flesh, I add to myself as beauty or I add to myself as as failure. And I I, I carry it with me. But she came into the, the preparation chambers to be renewed. A open, empty, open slate. You know, what, what you tell me I am, I'm going to believe. Holy Spirit, what you add to me, I'm going to receive. I am just so darn wide open <laughs> to hear from your heart. And, and uh, it's said that the, the chamberlains that were um, set aside to, to prepare the virgins for the king, that they just loved Esther. That they said that they hasted, the scriptures say they hasted in their preparations towards her because she was such good ground. And you know what? Her good ground wasn't that she was a good Christian or a better Christian or a prettier girl or a more smart, you know, or had rulership abilities or things the king liked in specific. She was just open that he could wash her with the word of his heart and that he could speak without hindrance. And that his seed could remain in her heart. And that she could just receive that. And not consider her past or adding to that to make it more. That it was enough what the Chamberlains brought. And um, on that line when she went in to see the king, it said that she found grace in his eyes and that he loved her. None of the other virgins who added all this stuff to themselves and did all these things to make themselves better or carried this burden of what they were, you know, apart from what the Spirit gave, he, the king didn't respond to any of them that way, but to the one who just said, be it unto me according to your word. Add unto me what's true in your heart. I receive the washing of your word. I saturate in the things the Spirit breathes from your heart about who your bride is to you. It said when he saw her, he just had grace just welled up, and he loved her. And he said, you're my queen. You're the one. You're the one not because you're the one. You're the one because you received the one you are. And the preparation has made you ready. Revelation says the the wife of the Lamb has made herself ready for her husband. 
And I believe that that isn't that she's better. I mean, she may be worse than everyone else. But her readiness is her receiving of him, of his word. And, um, you know, I believe that those Chamberlains and and those girls, they're always comparing themselves probably among them like a beauty contest. But the eyes of the king weren't seeing a beauty contest. They were looking for a heart that would receive how he felt, you know, and, 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 and that he felt the same way. I mean, that heart was there. Those preparations of the Holy Spirit were there for all the virgins because his heart was the same. His heart is the same. And um, so, so there's just something in us that begins with the word of the Lord from this past year and, and that's continuing now to saturate. And he is going to wash over us and saturate us with what he feels in his heart. And we don't, have to, we don't want to add anything to that. We don't want to come in there with a mother and father and a, a failure today and, and, and not let that water go and that seed go and that word go deep and stay. And so, um, so the saturation period lasted 12 months. And in that 12 months, I believe the word of God that came or the preparation that it speaks of being true in, in our lives now is that that word was like more like a bundle of myrrh. It was more spirit and life and essence or ointments and fragrances and things like that could be applied and could saturate. But the word that came wasn't knowledge to feed our mind or to make us more smart or add something to us. But the word that the Chamberlains were bringing was, was his heart, his spirit, was the essence, was the fragrance, was the uh, frankincense, the myrrh, the things that she saturated in. And that happened for 12 months. And... Um, so for 12 months, she was set aside to not consider herself, to not think about becoming something or what she was before, but to receive and to receive and to receive and to drink in. And to, you know, that's hard to do when your dirt mind is every step of the way wanting to become a bottom feeder and fixate on this earth and on your lack and, and on everybody else. And critical spirit gets in. If it doesn't go to your brother or sister, it goes to you. But you know what's the worst thing about a critical spirit is it stops that saturation. When you're critical about yourself, and he says, you are undefiled, my love, you go, no, I'm not. And, and, and what are you saturating in? But another spirit, another savor, another fragrance. He's saying, don't do that. That's not what's real. Continue for 12 months. And so I think that when Scott said the Lord wanted to continue sharing with us the thing that he said, just look at me and love me and saturate in my heart for you, that I thought, well, we're like those virgins that he said, you need 12 months of that. You don't need one New Year's service. You need 12 months of just drinking in, like Esther did, what I feel about you and believing that the love and grace that's in my heart for my bride is not because she added something to herself, or that she was the best girl in the church, or the most spiritual minister, but that she was mine, and she received it. And that that is just a sweet, sweet... Boy, we sure can fulfill that. <laughs> we just keep washing each other with his heart, and then encourage each other to look away from our failures. It's the word of God to us, and to look into his face and say, you are so beautiful, I love you, and by grace in your time I will manifest that. But you've asked us to just saturate in who you are, and who you say we are as one with you. And... Um, what a, what a sweet washing from the heart of Jesus for us this year. Yeah, I mean, 
know, just think of me with Esther, you know, <clears throat> that verse in Ezekiel that talks about, and I will give them one heart, and I will give them a heart of flesh or a heart of the body. Um, I was just thinking about how that you just see that in Esther so clearly as she, you know, goes into the king to plead for the people of God, you know. It's like she realizes that, you know, she her she is totally tied up with with God's people, with Israel. And uh, and you know, her words to Mordecai were, If I perish, I perish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you know, that's that's the spirit of Christ, you know. You know, if, if you know, if I have to die that that you know, that Israel may live, then so be it, you know. And, um, you know, so, so you know, there she goes. But where did she go? She didn't go out and run through the streets screaming, you know, don't kill the people of God. She went to the king. She went to be in to be with him. And, and that that's the answer for salvation for everyone is the, the inner chambers. You know, if we want... The answer for our family. If we want the answer for new creation fellowship, if we want the answer for his people everywhere, the answer is always going to be found in the same place. And it's not anywhere out here doing stuff, but it's coming in to be with him. And that's where we'll find salvation, you know, uh, for, for all. And, uh, I mean, isn't that beautiful. I mean, that's what he's been saying to us over and over and over again, you know, just like with, with Mary, there's one thing that's needful, you know, and I mean, just, you know, he's not saying these things over and over again. I know with with, uh, with Carol and I, if we repeat stuff to each other, sometimes it's like, I'm not stupid, I heard you the first time, you know. I think sometimes we think that with the Lord. It's like, you think I'm stupid. You keep saying that to me over and over <laughs> But the truth, is, the truth is, he knows that we got to get it down in our hearts. That we're, we may be getting it up here, but we are not getting it down here because... Quite frankly, we're not changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well, there's, and there's also an element where there's just no substitute for the time that it takes for the process to properly do its work. Because saturation right. doesn't happen when you throw a big bucket five gallons of water at a sponge, because it'll repel almost all the water. But you've got it's got to be a slower process to get the full saturation. And um, something else that really stuck with me is when Jennifer shared about part of the soaking was not just putting something in, but drawing impurities mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's ever done anything like ladies, like a mask on your face, you're not impurities, or anything to dry out toxins, it takes time. You can't, that's why you run around the house clothes with a green mask on your face. You know, you just, for like an hour. Because it takes, it, it takes time to draw stuff out, and it doesn't just happen because you said, okay, this is what I'm doing now. You know, and, and I think that we can think that, oh, I'm failing because I'm not getting it, but it just may be partly, it's fine. it just takes a while. I mean, yeah. you know, soaking and stuff takes, it takes time to have an effect. Or bath salts, like I do bath salts for my bath, you know. And if I just hop in the bath for three minutes, it doesn't do anything. That's right. I've got to sit in there for a while. Amen. To have that. So there's, there's patience involved on our part and faith while the process of the course. Praise God. Amen. It's a big element that we just can't control. That's right.
seen and heard in every speech and language. It's not it's not necessary to even speak it. It's just it's mm-hmm. seen. It's his glory is seen because there's a dividing between what is here and what is not. And I'm getting to the point of what I wanted to bring up. But the next verse says, Their line has gone out through all the earth. The dividing is throughout all the earth. Mm-hmm. And their words to the end of the world. In them he hath set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoicing as a strong man to run a race. And I was thinking about that. Um, the night being the time when knowledge is shared, if you will, that... that um, that's the time we also associate with being in darkness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's that that sense of like not having the light, and yet, and yet, that's when knowledge is shown mm-hmm. between yeah. two. And and um, the bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Well, he wasn't in there alone. There was knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. happening. The tabernacle for the sun, for the sun, is in the earth. It's in mm-hmm. us, you know, and that. He comes forth rejoicing as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and the circuit, circuit unto the end of it. And there's nothing hid from the heat thereof. And um, anyway, I, mean, I don't know if I need to really say much more. It's just thinking about the soaking and the, the, the things, you know, getting drawn out of us and all that. The times of feeling like we're in the darkness. We're not alone. <coughs> Being with the chamber in the chambers doesn't always mean the sun is shining bright and we're having, you know, we're feeling like everything's, you know, peaches. It's, it can be dark outside and we can we can be more focused on the darkness than, than on the fact that we're in the chamber of the king and there's knowledge being shared, you know. And, and I know, you know, we're talking about soaking prior to chambers maybe, but I think it's all entwined. I mean, I think it's really, you know, being with him and, and preparing and, and uh, seeing the dark things and, right. and also seeing the light. You know, it's, it's yeah. all just wrapped up together. But mm-hmm. but um, what, what also strikes me, just one more thing, is that um, it doesn't, it's, it's talking about the bridegroom coming forth. Mm-hmm. That he comes forth out of the chamber with strength to run a race. And nothing's hid from the heat of him. You mm-hmm. know, and that it's not the bride that comes forth out of the chamber to run the race, right. but his dwelling with us, and then he comes forth and through us, you know, as his, as his body. But I think that um, in the Song of Solomon, where I just that was one of the things we were going to read from 2003, but um, it talks about, I think, in chapter one or the first verse of chapter two, but um, how. Um, my beloved is like a bundle of myrrh that I hold in my bosom all through the night. And I think that that's saturation. You know, that's one of the beautiful times and the ugly times when you are in that night of the dirt mind where it just says, you're not loved, you're not acceptable, you're hopeless. And the deceitfulness of sin comes in to harden your heart, you know. It deceives you to say you're not beloved, you're not one, you're not his flesh, you're not his bone, you're not as much. And you say, no, this bundle of myrrh, this ointment for um, that the chamberlain gave me to saturate in, <laughs> I am not going to let that go right now. I'm going to hold it in my, not head, in my bosom, all through the night of this attack. And I'm going to let it warm me, and I'm going to let it 
get in my skin and my pores and my inward parts deeper. And at the end of, of this night, there is going to be a sunrise inside of me that's like the bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And there's going to be more strength and more heat than ever before because I went through a death to hold on to these ointments. I died to my carnal mind. And, and that's the thing. The carnal mind is that enmity with God, and it, it is dead with Christ. It must be mortified. It, can't, it has to be put off. It, it, isn't, it isn't renewed. It's died to. And you say, you know what? You are dead. That view is dead. It was crucified with Christ. It's not true. And I'm going to hold on to the spirit and life and essence of the word of God. You know, Psalm 119 is that. Just 119 is that. You know, just he's getting up 12 times in the night. What is it? Seven times in the night in Psalm 119. Saying, I mean, this is in the spiritual night saying, I rejoice in thy word. Seven times in the night, rejoicing in the saturation that I believe his word above my circumstance and above my dirt mind. And that, that's just going get, to get, get silly good after a while because it's going to get in us. I'll start off with the first one. Who else would read a paragraph? Okay. So that's two. We need five more readers. Okay, three, four. Okay, two of y'all. Okay. I think that's is that seven. Well, we'll go. We'll figure out. <laughs> just read. I can't do math. Today. Sorry. Okay, I'll start. We'll just go around. If you, you know, we'll, if we run out of uh, paragraphs, fine. If we run out of people, I'll read another one. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking of the scriptures in Song of Solomon where it says, A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night between my breasts. And the Amplified, it reads, My beloved is to, to like a bundle of myrrh that lies inside my bosom. I was thinking of the difference of the relationship with the Lord that is seen there. There is the difference of the relationship between Jesus bring, being an instructor as opposed to this verse in the Song of Solomon. Here the relationship is one of essence where my beloved is to me like a bundle of myrrh that is inside of my bosom. In this relationship there is a constant fragrance of him that fills you and not just a knowledge of him in your mind. Oh, you need that. <laughs> oh, I should make puppies. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. I am moved by the difference of relationship. Is God simply our instructor? Is he simply instructing us in informational truths? Is he simply lining out the truth the right way by sharing with us the right thinking as he lays out the right plan? Or is God trying to impart Christ in an essence to his body and to the bride? Is Christ simply understood as right information in her head? Or is he a bundle of myrrh inside her bosom? The bride in the Song of Solomon declared, My beloved is a bundle of myrrh inside my bosom. I think that the Holy Spirit is loose to crush up the innocence so that the sweet fragrance of Christ can go forth and crush up the preconceived, blind out, controlled understandings to bring forth and release Christ in his essence. We can know him so clearly in understanding and not have any fragrance of him that others detect. We can know him so as to explain him clearly to others and be correct in our explanation. 
But in the Song of Solomon, the bride is finally sought out as someone who can release the true fragrance concerning who Jesus really is. What is that, beloved? They say to her, that would put in you such a that would put in you that would put in you in such a fanatic, frantic way, weeping, caring, and longing for him. We already know him, but what is this of him that you are emanating? And she begins to describe not knowledge, not facts such as, well, he's five foot six and he's got this and that. Rather, she begins to describe the bundle of murder that is found up in her heart, and they are gone. Holy Spirit, do not instruct us with information. Do not make clear the plan, but the man. Reveal Christ in us that we may spread everywhere and make known his fragrance. Unless the fragrance of it, Father, have the effect of turning away as a sour odor those who have no heart for him. May the fragrance of it draw those who long after him. Let it be a vital, living, and fresh fragrance to them, drawing them out of their halls of learning into the bedchambers with you. Break our conceptual lies way of learning. Break us from the casting comprehension into the king's chamber. Let it be a fragrance of life unto life, not learning unto learning. You are to us, Lord Jesus, a vital fragrance. You are fresh. My well beloved is unto me a bundle of You are more than a great instructor. Thank you that you, as a great instructor, said, I must go learn. Thank you that the Holy Spirit will bring an essence of the Son, and we will be his incense burners in the earth, first spreading, not to the world, but before the mercy seat, where we are a sweet fragrance of Christ unto God. Lord, we repent of making you only our instructor. We repent of our academic view of Jesus, your Son, and his precious bride, and we ask you to forgive us. We ask you to open what we cannot open. Draw us and we will run. We ask you to give us a taste of something that we have never tasted before. Give us no explanation, simply the reality of Christ. Not into our heads, but into our bosoms. We are crying out for you, Jesus. We are longing for you to see you and to seek you beyond information. Father of Jesus, Holy Spirit, hear our desire. Just as incense is solid, once it is burned, then it satisfies God. So change the form in which we try to please you. Lord, help us to stop trying to make solid what you're trying to make essence. Forgive us for holding on to teachings and information that you were trying to reveal in us as the very life of your son. And when was that written, Kelly? That was from a prayer meeting in December of 2003. Hmm. <laughs> no, he doesn't think we're stupid. He just wants us. <laughs> it's, it's from the Book of Remembrance. <laughs> he wants us to soak in it. So we'll remember. <laughs> so we can saturate and not lose it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we got a 
Do if you have that book. If you don't, <laughs> we worked very, very hard. <laughs> You're fired. Now we'll give you a copy anyway. <laughs> well, that, you know, that was one of the things that Kelly and I realized when you know the Lord started moving in our hearts about this class, and and I, I realize we've said this, but it's just it's incredible that the Lord has been trying to draw us into this soaking for so long, and and been speaking these things to us, and it's like. Uh, it's kind of like we've been receiving it like the bucket of water on the sponge, like Mallory was saying, because we, you know, it's like, oh, that's really cool, but then we don't stay there. You know, we don't have that patience and that faith to go, okay, Lord, I just want to absorb this. I want to let this soak into me and become who I am, you know, that essence. Because really the essence that Esther was soaking in was the king himself. You know, it was him. You know, so that, because it's it's about oneness. You know, and it's like, any when, when Esther entered that chamber, what she didn't understand was, you know, that the king could do nothing but extend his scepter to her. He, I mean, he couldn't do. He couldn't respond to her any other way because he, she was no longer a servant of the king. She was one with the king. There was a totally different relationship. You know, anyone else walking into that place wasn't going to have that same essence. But Esther, he could do nothing but rejoice and extend that scepter because. That was him. That was the the bride of his heart responding in love, coming to be with him. Because of what? Because of his heart. You know, I mean, you can say, well, he, she wasn't really coming to be with the king. She, she was coming to plead for her people because of his heart Amen. that had been established in her. It wasn't her heart. She wasn't coming to present something that was strange and foreign. She was coming to present his heart for the people. You know, it's kind of like Isaac being offered up. Isaac was not really the promised one. There was no, but the promised one was the one that was really offered up there. It was the <laughs> essence that... that of, of his heart that, that Abraham was offering up to the Father that the Father received as well-pleasing. This is my beloved Son, and him I am well-pleased. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Father saw there. And that's why Isaac was spared, because the Father got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Amen. Actually, the ram did die on Mount Moriah because of the blood got shed. Yes. Mm-hmm. The ram did die. Mm-hmm. You know, the blood didn't get spilled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, you know. So that's what the Father was pleased with. Anyway, I was just adding that. Yeah, no, 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 that's that's cool. I remember a word we got three years ago, two years ago, but um, it was um, uh, concerning the incense and um, that we are, that we would be like um, a priest who takes the incense holder. You know, have you ever seen, if you're in the Catholic Church, the censor, that's right, the censor. And when we feel like we're just void of the spirit of the thing, I mean, have you ever just felt empty of the spirit of Christ? Completely. <laughs> and full of the stench of yourself. 
that we would just take that sensor and just start swinging it. You know, just start swinging. And it's not, we're not getting ourselves better. We're just recovering. We are disappearing in his fragrance. And, and we don't have to improve or self-focus to, to begin to lift up our eyes and allow our hearts to bask in the glorious beauty of the sun. So much so that we can take a, a sensor and begin to just, as our eyes behold him, begin to be filled and we begin to just cover over with his beauty and his nature. And, and that's not us getting better. That's just a saturation in his beauty. And so... I want that. <laughs> yeah. With Esther, you know, when Esther went into the kingdom to speak for her people, it says that she, on the third day, she arose and put on the royal robes. And um, hmm. so when he came the scepter, he was ident- He saw that she was identified with him. She was not coming as the girl who soaked. She was coming as the girl who was covered with him. Mm, that's really she good. Put on the royal robes on the third day. Wow. She arose, put on the on the third day after the fasting, put on the royal robes, and went into the king. And he went, That's me. <laughs> See, so it wasn't just how could he accept when she was coming to plead for people. She she was coming on something a lot higher. She was saying, I'm of you now, so you have to accept me. I'm coming on that basis because I'm not separate from you. Because he could not extend a scepter and be lawful in doing that and having her killed if she didn't come if she only came as just the girl who soaked but she didn't she mm-hmm. came as someone totally covered with him so but he saw he, he saw that and right. said yes you know. <laughs> that's really and, um, cool so yeah. it, it really very cool you know there's something in that that's the initiation of it is lawful when it's done in, when you're hidden in it you know mm-hmm. so. well I mean just to go along with what, what you said I was looking at the verses that were talking about Vashti and when it, where it says, but the queen, but the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's uh, commandment. That word "come" there could literally mean enter in. She refused to enter in or to come in, you know. And whereas Esther did just the opposite. Yes. And but you know, I was thinking about you know just the whole thing of the censors, and the censors was something really that was in the old. You know, and I mean, not to take away from what you're saying, but but the beautiful thing about the saturation is that because because it becomes a part of you, you're no longer having to cover up. That essence is coming from within. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out who's pointing down there. <laughs> okay. Well, the Lord has been just talking to me about agreeing with him, just saying that he says. Um, we started off sharing tonight. I was just reminded of Mary's response to Gabriel telling her, you know, that you know, you're going to bear the son of Pius, you know. And he's like, <clears throat> he says to her, you know, that. Um, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That holy thing that is born of us it is Jesus. And for me to look at myself and go, it's not Jesus, it's something else. Mm-hmm. It's me, it's ugly, and I, you know, it needs to be put away. But he's saying, no, it's Jesus. That ugly thing that you are you know, obsessing over... 
that thing is put away. That's it right. Really is. Yeah, that's right. You're looking at it because you're looking at it with your dirt mind, <laughs> and you can see it in that realm. But the the truth is that holy thing that's in you, call it Jesus. And finally, Mary, at the end of that little section, she says, "You know, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word." Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm just like, man, I just want to agree with what the Lord says and say, man, when it least looks like Jesus, it really is. And just, you know, and then faith enters in and says, it is so because he said it so. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls things that be not as though they were, and then the heavens appear, <laughs> you know, and <clears throat> the, the truth is in us, and, and we can agree with it when we see it not. And, and he is, he's pleased that we would. Agree with them, yes. you know, and and not just say, okay, yeah, you're right, but you know, really Be come alongside, you know, and, and just get with them. Mm. <coughs> I think we Cassie, do you have something? Um, and, you 
know, what happened with Vashti's just a manifestation mm-hmm. of her already separating herself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that manifestation goes with us, too. When we start doing that, we separate ourselves, then the manifestation, mm-hmm. we can see it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until mm-hmm. we do that and we turn like Esther. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, I was going to say that you know, I was thinking about the, being the bone of his bone and that, uh, my understanding is that in the marrow is what is at the core of the bones. Yes. And what happens in the marrow, again, this is my understanding could be skewed, but what happens in the marrow, I think part of what happens in the marrow is that either white or red blood cells are actually produced there. And he is the, you know, his is the blood that fills and flows through the body, that is his life. You know, the life is in the blood. And I was just thinking about, you know, it's not just that, we're his bone, and he piles on a bunch of flesh and veins and all this other stuff, but that actually within the bone, in the heart and core of the bone, is the life mm-hmm. continuously yes. being replenished yes. and, yes. and flowing through the body. And that, that it is that essence that's no longer just a coat we put on or a, mm-hmm. a, you know anything that, that is put on over us to cover, but it, it becomes the very core and center and essence of, of our being. Mm-hmm. It becomes, you know, as his bones, it it's what fills us, mm-hmm. and so it, it's it's not just what we put on, but it's what we are. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's. Mm-hmm. I really want that. <laughs> I much rather it be who I am than just because a, a coat can slip off. You know, I'm I'm all for putting on Christ. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not trying to contradict anything, but but I, I will just to have him be just the essence of of my being, mm-hmm. of our being as his body. You know, just. with him 
in our dirt mind. And, and we are relating separately, and we think he is this way, and we don't want to, you know, embrace these things because we have these perceptions of how he is, and we think he's calling us in to all these drunk friends and being the only woman in a huge room full of drunk men would not be my idea of, sure, let me get dressed up. I would not want to do it, you know? But so we have to recognize that we can be relating to him in, a, in an incorrect way and perceiving him to be this way Amen. when he's not. He's actually in love with us Amen. and receiving us as himself. And so it's not just Vashti in and of herself has a hard heart. She's just bad and off. It was more their relationship and their perceiving. And so how that can apply to us is the recognition of what kind of relating is going on? Are we relating based on individualness? And, you know, well, all he wants to do is see me, you know, dressed up for his, you know, buddies or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like that just starts doing these things in a woman's mind, so to speak, in a earth mind. And so we have to break with relating in that way because he's really not relating in that way. But if we are, then that's the relationship we're living in. And so, until we break with that way of relating, whether he's that way or not, that's the relationship we're living in. And so, we will always find then dirt and, you know, separateness and um, feeling like, I don't know, because I'm sure Vashti felt kind of maybe abused. <laughs> if, you know, you were a wife to somebody and they wanted, you know, you to show off for all their drunk friends, you would not have that, you know, enamor feeling. <laughs> and so we have to break with that relationship that we have been functioning in and come to the relationship that really is, which is the one that he loves us and we are one with him. And to, to break with that way of relating and that living of relationship so that you can come into something else. So it's not just, oh, this is bad, this is off, because that just stays in the dirt stuff. We can kind of do that, you know? And uh, it's, it's more break with the entire way of relating so that what's true can actually come about. Yeah. Father, and he gives you something horrible or whatever. And, you know, I, I completely 
thing because, you know, for a long time, I saw the Lord as somebody who dangles a carrot or or somebody who wants me to go live in Africa and eat bugs or, you know, <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And so the relationship was totally different and you're, and you're like, you know, I just really don't... <laughs> Scripture says, you know, to one, this is the fragrance of life. To mm-hmm. the other, you know, it's the smell of death. You know, and it, and it, it goes back to that same exact. You know, what is what is our perception? Where are we coming from? You know, is it is it from our heart? Because if we try to, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about what Mallory shared at the, at the uh, um, conference. conference about, you know, you. 
we cannot wrap our minds around the love of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't. That's right. I mean, if, and, and we try to, you know, and then we try to talk about it, you know, based on what we think we figured out in our mind, and we, and we turn it into a doctrine, and we totally miss the heart of the Lord, you know, and, and we end up... <clears throat> With those, you know, well, I have a relationship with God, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, like a codependent, you know, marriage or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, in, you know, I think all of us have been there, you know, at some level in our in our relationship with the Lord, where, you know, it's just like we're looking at other people and we're seeing this beautiful love relationship, and we're like. Well, you like them better than you like me, you know. And it's like, no. That's right. You just, they've just entered in to what to, is, to, what is to, the, to the reality that, that I'm calling you into. Amen. And, um, you know, isn't it wonderful that God is so patient with us? Mm-hmm. That he's been speaking this to us over and over <laughs> again for years. And, and not once has he gone... You idiots! <laughs> I quit. <laughs> That's right. But he—he <coughs> he knows the—he knows the appointed time, mm-hmm. and the appointed time of the Father. Mm-hmm. And so, this is it, guys. Mm-hmm. It's time for 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 that saturation. For us to allow that which he has been in his heart all along that which has been in his heart all along <laughs> to be mm-hmm. you can just see the Holy Spirit going oh yay <laughs> 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 he's happy right now <laughs> he's happy Anybody have? Yeah, please. No, go ahead. I was just about the difference between having a person at the center and having um, religion be what it is. It's just so easy to leave religion. It's just so easy to leave do's and don'ts. It's so easy to leave all those things which are on the outside. But when, when a person is to the center when it's the person of our salvation we've been talking about where we talked about Barbara talked about when it's when it's knowing the person as your wife and breath and it's like I was thinking um, a week ago about it's just so funny to me that the Baron would cry out cry out cry out for fruit 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 and then you know fruit comes and then we can you know, I don't really even care about the fruit. I just want you. You know, it's like the fruit can go rot, but I want you. It's a person of our salvation. Amen. It's Amen. a person that is beautiful, and it's like really the fruit rots. The fruit, the fruit has to be picked up and eaten, or it rots. The stuff that falls mm-hmm. away, it's just, it's just. That's right. It's like neither here nor there. It can come and go. It's seasonal. It doesn't stay. It's like it, it's ugly or it's pretty, but there's a person at the center, and 
he's so beautiful. We can have him in every season, and fruit or fruitless, barren or, or fruitful, you know. And, and he is, he is the essence that we that we are, that we want, and and. What else can I say? You know, religion can be left, but he can't. Once he becomes a sinner, you can't leave it. I don't like since I was young, like I've always been afraid to be humiliated, you know? Like that was the one thing that I cannot stand, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And uh, so like I kind of grew up with a kind of paranoia, you know. What will other people think of me or you know I mean very self aware, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like, you know, like um, you know, I went through a very rush ministry, that's the fellowship that uh, I go to before I come here, and uh, you know he was teaching, uh, of course, like you know how the Lord will strip us of our righteousness, you know, and, you know to let us see that you know like it's just a piece of bread, you know, like you mean nothing is hidden before him, and uh, and I was really scared of that, and I mean like it seems like uh, to, to me it's like you know the Lord is humiliating me, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, he has to strip me, you know, without any mercy and like, you know, leave me open, like, for everybody to see, you know, my nakedness and everything, and I was really, uh, and I was walk in that kind of fear and, you know, and, you know, every time the Lord brings something up and, you know, I try to cover it up and try to hide it and, and it will always faster, you know, like, it becomes worse when you hide it, you know, and, uh, so until to the point where, uh, you know, it really kind of, <coughs> like, 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 eating you up, you know. Like, I don't know, like, you know, Jesus always said, like, you know, hell is like, uh, you know, weeping in the national peace, you know, something like that. You know, it really eats you up, like, and, uh, you know, so, you know, the, the last few weeks I was in Georgia, I was really having a hard time with the Lord, and, uh, Up to the point that I was yeah. crying, you know. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand it. I told parents, Melanie, about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what's happening, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I don't know why it's like, I want to let it go, but I cannot, you mm-hmm. know. And I was like, I know this is the thing that's hurting me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I cannot let it go, you know, it seems like it's something that's too big for me, you know, it's bigger than me, and, and I was like, yeah, Lord, this is the end, you know, like, I mean, I cannot do it, you know, mm-hmm. I was crying out to the Lord, and I just don't understand, because he didn't answer me, you know, and I was just crying myself in the bathroom, and everybody was like, that was in my workplace, and, and everybody in my co-worker was asking, like, are you all right, you know, and they were trying to make sure that I wasn't trying to do anything, you know, foolish, you know, because I locked, I locked myself up in the back. I just cried to the Lord, like, you know, well, Lord, I just, I just need you to be here, you know, like, I mean, you know, I don't understand it, you know, I just... I want to understand it, but at the same time, you're not giving me anything. So, you know, like, 
I just want you to be here. Mm -hmm. And after that, I'm like, oh. And I went home. Well, I went through the day, I, I was still working. And after that, like, after the work was over, and I went home. And uh, me and my sister, like, uh, we were talking, you know? Like, it's kind of like a, a hard talk, I would say. Hard talk, not hard. Hard talk. And she was uh, the person that I was having a hard time with, you know? And every time I see her, it's just like I've seen myself, you know. And mm-hmm. I was trying to avoid her altogether, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really hurts me is that she's also in the Lord. And she also loves the Lord. But every time I just see her, it's like I'm seeing myself. Mm-hmm. And I hated it because it was just like jealousy and being everything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like... And she was like talking like, you know, why are you closing it up? You know, why don't you share it with the body? You know, like, <laughs> you know, the Lord wants to be free of it. You know, the Lord wants you to share it with the body, you know. And after that, I cannot do that because if I share it with the body, then it seems like I'm being stripped naked, you know, in front of everybody, you know. And there's also a certain fear of judgment, you know, like, that I'm being judged, you know, if I share this thing. And after that, like, uh, that night she was sharing with me, you know, and, that, and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, like, here we go, you know, like, if you have to talk to me, then she'll be the last person I want to hear from, you know. <laughs> and I was like, to my surprise, you know, like, when she was sharing, you know, like, there is no sting of condemnation at all, you know, like, what do I usually feel, you know, whenever we talk? I mean, we just are not in the same spirit. And, and the Lord spoke to me partly through her, you know, that, and I was like, it's so strange, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't sense anything that's condemning me, you know, in this, you know. And then after she finished talking, then she was like saying like, you know, so, you know, I hope that you can open up, you know, because the Lord wants to wash us, you know. I mean, and after that, I, and then like after she finished talking, I was just like pondering about it, you know. And the Lord just spoke to me, you know, to my heart, you know, like, and, and I was asking, Lord, Lord, why are you doing these things, you know. And the Lord just said, like, because I love you, you know, and, and and because this is the thing that's hurting you, the thing that's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, that I was holding so hard mm-hmm. onto, mm-hmm. is that the very thing that's hurting me. Right. My rights, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, uh, so that kind of really released me, you know, like, saying that, like, you know, the Lord said, like, you know, because I want to wash you out of it and I want to give you my son instead <laughs> of, you know, your shame and your guilt that you've been bearing, you know. <laughs> And after that, like, uh, you know, like, and then that just kind of, like, released me because it seems like the way, the way the Lord said it's like, he doesn't expect anything back, mm-hmm. that his motive is just because that he loves me, and he wants me to be free from oh, what's hurting me. Amen. And because, like, I keep on thinking that, like, you know, the Lord always have a hidden motive behind, you know, it's like that, you know, and, right. and the more I see, I see that, and the more I... You know, right. cannot let it go. Yes. Know? And you know, I want to read the scripture and then I just found, you know, like it's in First Corinthians fifteen fifty six. 
says the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. And it seems like what how I've been relating to the Lord is, you know, I seem like a law, you know, like that. You know, He always requires something back from me. And it makes the grip like harder, you know, like don't let it go, you know. And once the Lord uh, showed me that, like, you know, no, it's just, it's just because He loves you, you know, just out of love, and He doesn't, I'm not obliged to give anything back, and that's just kind of like the grip kind of like loose, you know. And I was like free to. I, I mean, I can at that point I can sense that right now I can decide, you know, freely with no, not in bondage, you know, not in bondage of like. Uh, you know, cannot let it go. I want to let it go, but I cannot let it go. But more like the grip is out, and I can decide. Okay, I want to go to the Lord, or I want to go back to the law. You know, and so I'm like, you know, like this. You know, like you know, my shame, my guilt that I've been bearing. You know, and instead, give me, give me your son. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like, that, was, that was my prayer to the Lord at that mm-hmm. time. You know, and I think like by me coming is like you know. Uh, an expansion of that, you know, like what the Lord is like slowly liberating me from, you know, mm-hmm. slowly and steadily. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So that was actually a praise. So. Praise God. Woo! That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, I don't have time for that, but what you were going to is what the Lord's been doing. Not being able to get over stuff with our brothers and sisters. <laughs> and he's really awful about it. And he's been saying, come to me, don't worry about it. I'm exchange that. You know, so, I mean, that's just kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> you know, I honestly think that God was doing something in the universal body. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing it individually with our certain churches, but... Can just kind of feel like he's moving not just with us but with everyone. I mean, every it, it seems like more people are taking more steps to know it. It wasn't until just a couple of weeks ago I could look at Mel and I thought, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we just thank you for your great love for us, Lord. Just how you continually pour out, pour out, Lord, and you don't expect anything in return, Lord. But, oh, does it, oh, it brings you great joy when, when our hearts turn. When we realize, Father, that, that you don't hold us to any obligation, that you just love us, and we respond to that. And we surprise you, Lord. Uh, we just we just do love you, Lord, and we do want to respond. Lord, and we know that the, that response is not out of any obligation. But thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. I mean, that you have ravished us with, that you have poured out on us. And, and Lord... I just say, Lord, I do want to soak. I do want this to get down in me and become essence, to become the marrow that just replenishes itself and and causes life to flow through your body, Lord, through your body. 
Because there's only one body, there's only one heart, there's only one mind, Lord, and we just desire to lay hold of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.